Ready, aim, release! Hello! We are back! It is a Monday. Uh, I'm still Mickey. Joined again by Carlo and uh, special guest this week, Danny again, Jasper, uh, back to join us. Uh, Carlo, how, how was your week? How did you? Um, busy, tired. Uh, I actually do some work during the work days right now, which is mind blowing. But uh, <laughs> I'm finding a little bit of time to do some song stuff around tournaments. Uh, I promised I promised Danny that I'd have something done before Italian Nationals. <laughs> He asked me about four or five weeks ago to make sure it was done, and then uh, so obviously I did it for him uh, one day before Italian Nationals. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Did we get to know what it is, by the way? This secret thing? Uh, it's some new TO features. TOs can now edit the points that a player has. It helps if, um, if there's user error. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a, and um, and and a person's score becomes incorrect. Um, it also helps if you wanted to uh, change a person's score because you didn't want to use the site's exact scoring. Um, there is uh, I fixed something else at the same time. Oh yeah, 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 a big one actually, which took me ages. The site when you do a challenge, it should no longer reset your list submissions when your opponent submits your list you cannot imagine how long it took me to fix that small flicker but it <laughs> did but that's that's just i i couldn't find out why it was doing it fair tiny tiny quality of life improvements which took me a long time classic 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 um so uh my week really boring i did some work nah, no one cares about my week but also you'll notice i no longer have a chair behind me i have a cupboard uh i spent the last weekend basically moving furniture around because it's that time of year where moving furniture around is what your partner wants to do uh it happens to all of us i guess right but i don't know why anyway uh <laughs> danny uh how's your week been i heard i heard you've uh i heard yeah. you've had some interesting time yeah yeah we had hello everybody and it was amazing weekend and i'm a little bit tired as i was telling you guys because i've slept kind of 15 hours in the last three days because we had the tournament on saturday and then demo games on sundays it was a very good weekend hiring as hell but very nice weekend mm -hmm. cool that's what we like to hear also also the yeah, job on the website it, it helped it helped out because we had kind of a problem with a with the score in the second or third match, and we could just fix it just manually, and it, it was amazing. So, or sometimes it happened that a, a player two matches in, in only one match, and he got double the points and everything else. But this time we, we could just fix it in in one minute. It's fine. Mm -hmm. We like to hear. Got it all. All came together. <laughs> so. Yes, yes, I also made loads of other changes, so if something breaks on you guys, um, well, just tell me, because I, I probably did break something. <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone
everyone says hello by the way in chat so uh that's great um and there's even we've even got uh, an italian joining us today illu's painting so uh big shout out to the italian scene um all right then all right so tell us how did italian nationals go yeah <clears throat> well it, it went really well i mean we started on friday mm -hmm. uh, with the dinner all together you know the get all together dinner before the tournament so we can also get to know better each other not on the table but just i mean on a on a dinner table and not on a playing table so it, it was it started really nice on friday and then the tournament went went smoothly on on saturday it was a very nice event i am just i am tired because i helped a lot presidente who was the to for the tournament but mm -hmm. i I took care of everything about communication I, with with Simon and also with other European TOs. And originally, I had to be the TO of the tournament, and but everybody wanted wanted to play with me, so I I kind of had to play and I had to defend the title from last year. So Presidente told me, no, you, have, you just have to play. Too many people that want to play with you, so you have to. And so we did. I played, I won, and Presidente just was the referee for, for the day. Yeah. That's cool. You played Targaryen. It, it, it was a, a, <laughs> I played Targaryen, yeah. You know, they, are, they are my favorite, my favorite faction. So I, I, I played a little bit with something else during the last days, because I wanted to know better some faction that I normally don't play with or against, mm -hmm. and so I tried to change something in the last days also to to learn a little bit better some factions. Mm -hmm. At the end, I kept on playing with Targaryens. Yeah. Yeah. Still couldn't cut my beard. <laughs> uh, I have a similar <laughs> problem. My mind's called laziness. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, it's fantastic. It's obviously fantastic that uh, that you got to play in the event. It's fair. what I really like to hear is I really like to hear when players um, like meet up on the Friday night for food and things like that. Uh, I think a big aspect that's lost uh, a lot of other games and just events in general is it is the community celebration first and foremost, and celebration of community um, is is the most important thing we can have with the game. So it's great to hear that you all met up on the Friday for. for you know, food, drinks, whatever it might have been. Um, yeah, so I mean, um, it looks like the tournament, you know, in terms of uh, rounds and everything, flew fairly well. Um, you, you mentioned before you had a couple of uh, people from outside of Italy coming down. Um, and you said just before just before the uh, the episode started that the crown stayed in Italian hands. Uh, what, uh, just, I mean, just out of curiosity, uh, did you see much of the, the Spanish and French contingent that were there? And did you feel like it, it was, it wasn't an issue? It was just like, they were just normal players um, coming to play games. There was no kind of animosity, no problems with language barriers or anything like that. I don't know. Not at all. Not at all. <clears throat> I mean, these four guys, I had the pleasure to meet them in Santander, mm -hmm. in the LRA and El Norte tournament in Santander, and they were amazing there, and they were amazing here in Italy. It was a great experience in Santander, and as great as Santander, it was Saturday in Modena, mm -hmm. and 
yeah, no animosity, no problems at all, and really nice people. So when when you meet nice people, there cannot be any kind of problem, I think. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it is. It is good to. Hear. It's it's always worth. Uh, it's always worth asking. I find because um, I think it just proves to the fact that it's not just like our group or your group or that guy's group are nice. It's like the whole community for a song of ice and fire i mean I, we've said it before we get to meet people who we think are like problems or bad players you know uh, any competitive game or any game can always bring players that are, are not the nicest to have to deal with and uh, i think realistically uh nobody's encountered these players yet really um not massively which is you know fantastic um so that yeah, is great it's great um now i have a question Right, and this is for me. Carlo will probably shout at me for this. Um, there were three players at the end of the day who had three... Well, there were three players in the final round, if you will, after the final round, who have gone undefeated. Uh, yourself, obviously, going 4-0. and And then uh, Tauru and Viva Victorian, two very good players, uh, highly ranked on stats, certainly. Um who went undefeated. Now, of course, they both picked up a draw, and I believe the draw was against each other. <laughs> um, of course. So, do you... Uh, one of the things I was going to say, you obviously have draws in... Uh, draws can happen, it is a thing. Um, do you settle draws in Italy just by victory points, rather than points remaining on yes. the table? Yeah. Yes. This, was, this is kind of, a, kind of an issue for us, because... Uh, first thing first, if you read the, the tournament uh, sheet, the one saying how to manage a tournament, it doesn't say that you have to count the remaining points on the table. So that's the first little issue about it. Mm -hmm. And then some people are saying, okay, but what does remaining points on the table mean? NCUs, are they on the table or not? Because if you think about the fighting table, they are not, but they are still on the physical table. So the, this is kind of um, an issue. And then many people say, okay, but I don't want to win a, um, a match just because I have one single point more on the table more than my opponent. Mm -hmm. So after thinking about all this kind of stuff, we always manage the draw with a draw. So if you make the same victory points, we never count the remaining points on the table. Make the same victory points, which which can be ten or plus points at the end of the of the game, or if the the time finished and you are kind of eight eight or seven seven, just just throw and that, that, and that, that's a tie. Mm -hmm. And I also think that in in these kind of tournaments, it can help to have at the end just one winner, like like it was on Saturdays, because if. And they didn't. They didn't draw against each other. We were gonna finish the tournament with two people, with the the full score, and then it was just up to the secondary points. Mm -hmm. But in this case, you okay. You can finish at the same level, but it's you have one more variability to the game, and I don't see why there cannot be a draw, especially in the, in this very. In, in, I mean, when you have many people playing, we were 25 people and we only, we only couldn't do uh, four games because it was one day event. Yeah. You know, if, if you are more than 16, you just play four games, you can have more than one people with, um, with four wins at the end of, uh, of the tournament. And then it's just up to the secondary points. Mm 
draws, you it's a little bit harder to do that. It can happen, as it happened on Saturday, that two very good players play against each other and they draw. And so the, the final ranking is is different. It's it's not with two people with the with the, the full four victories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting because um I agree with it or disagree with it. Um the, the system that they have laid out, um, it results in I think the the, the numbers, the stats that kind of come out of it as um across the site in general, draws make up like one percent of all results. Like only a one in a hundred games if you follow the full CMON explanation that you go to points on table. Um it's interesting that you discussed that you think that there's kind of ambiguity there, whereas uh, I've never particularly met anybody who felt that it wasn't like pretty concrete the way it's decided. And yet, weirdly enough, I recently believe that I've changed my opinion on the way it's decided, <laughs> which is an aside, which is I no longer believe that assassinated attachments count their points because their points are rolled into the unit. Anyway, that's a whole different thing. It would have, it would have changed the LGT in an entirely large way. We'll try not to get into that discussion. But anyway, um, it's interesting that the draws they make up about one percent of everything. Right, one in a hundred games. Draws are incredibly rare. Whether you agree with the way that the tiebreaker is determined, it has huge ramifications on game modes like Fire and Blood that don't really promote people to engage except that there is this tiebreaker that often one person will just win in a nil-nil draw and that does have a positive or negative depending on your outs- on your mindset kind of effect to force one person to engage and the other person then becomes like a defender um yeah i am always interested in the results uh from the tournaments that you run and i find that you are posting draws at maybe something like 10% of all games, you know, which isn't that surprising when you consider that like victory point margins can be really close. And if we just take away all secondary tiebreakers off of the back of that and go to full victory points, you know, that it's not too hard for us both to have the same victory points on the table. So um, I think that it's having uh, an interesting impact upon your events. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's wrong. I think that as long as your whole community is 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 happy and on board with the way that that is played out and that everybody's aware of that going into the game, obviously the only thing you don't want is one person sitting there thinking, oh, well, all I need to do is like get the same number of victory points and then I'll win because of this tiebreaker. As long as everybody's aware that that is a draw, then I don't think that draws actually have any problem at all in the game. And I think that they can have a big positive impact. It's just interesting how common they are in your events with that differing non-use of the tiebreaker and how incredibly rare and therefore like how almost non-existent draws are in uh, in, in the CMON competitive dock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely is interesting, certainly, seeing the comparison. Um, but, you know, if it works for the community and people are happy with it, then, you know... Don't stop doing it. <laughs> so it's about really, isn't it? It's about yeah. whatever your community is happy with. Yeah, you know the the last big tournament before this one was the one in Santander, and uh, two people had a had a draw, uh, maybe, maybe even more than than the one game. But I remember one game with with Mark Bell, and 
we were, we were talking together and he said, yeah, I lost because I just had one point less than my opponent on the table. That sounded pretty bad for him, you know, mm -hmm. and I agree with him that if you have to lose or even if you have to win, because at the end it's just a, a minor victory, just because you have one single point more than your opponent on the table. I think it's, it's, a, it's a silly rule. Also, due to the fact that, that it's not 100% accurate, because on the rule books and one thing, and on the comment sheets it's, it says another thing, kind of a, of a doubt. There's kind of a doubt there. So we, we managed to... Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really doubt. interested, um, without going off on a whole tangent, what, what do you think the doubt is? Because I've, I've never met anybody who believed there was doubt. If you if you remember the um, kind of the tournament um, paper mm -hmm. how to manage a tournament, it says that at the end of the game, if you don't have a natural winner, and natural winner means wiped out ten points or more points than your opponent at the end of the sixth round or at the end of the of the time limit, mm -hmm. you have the same. You have to count the the, the the points. If you have the same amount of points. It's a draw. It doesn't say you count the remaining points on the table. It does say so on the rule book, the, on the main rule book. I okay. think that, that there can be a, a little doubt there. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, I, I, I do think that uh, people don't necessarily read the rule books closely enough, you know, and, and some people, yeah. sometimes people assume a rule. They, they, they start to read a rule and they, they know that they've read something similar elsewhere and so they just assume that it's the same thing. But uh, I'd, never, I'd never known or believed or thought that there was any difference in those wordings. Uh, I'll have to have a look at it myself and uh, see what implications it has. Like I say, you know, my, my own opinion on it, um, if you read really closely into the rules, uh, I think that somewhere in the rule book it states that a unit comprises of its cost plus its attachments and that they, it can be very, very definitely argued that a unit, a unit's attachment is part of its own cost and that if the attachment dies, the unit is still worth the same price that it originally cost with the attachment. It's the unit dying that matters, uh, which uh, which is which is definitely a change to the way I used to interpret it. Um, but um, yeah, you know, like uh, it, I, I'm always interested in uh, people's differing opinions of the rules uh, because I, there there is a huge amount of uh, the, the Mandela effect, as they call it. You know, like a, a group think uh, where everybody has been uh, kind of convinced that they've read a rule. And then it means a certain thing, but nobody's actually gone back to look at it with a critical eye and uh, and actually check, like, does it really say that? Or did I just guess that it say that, said that because you told me it said that? Um, and then when I went to read it, it sounded about right. So I just went with it. But uh, yeah, so uh, I, I always love it when people do actually challenge, challenge the reality of what I think the rules are um, and say, no, no, did you did you actually read that? Because I don't think that's right. So, you know, I think huge amounts of our problems can be fixed by just reading the rules. <laughs> that, that whole yeah. discussion. You know, there is, oh my God. There are still some people, I mean, in my club, and I think I'm, I'm sure all around the world that they have never, ever read the rule book. 
to just go by, okay, that player told me that, and he's a good player, so I trust him. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that yeah. whole attachment thing that Carlo was talking about there has just made me, like, just cry in so many ways about um, moving attachments around or, like, bringing attachments back from the dead, which is possible. And it's like, does it actually change the value of the unit or not? And then it goes into the whole dark stream of like if you if your commander dies and you bring your commander back is that your commander still because if it is then that means it scores extra points in certain game modes but it doesn't in others um you know it's a mess <laughs> um so yeah also uh, think about um uh, here we stand we yeah. take the black yeah, yeah if you you take the black and you take a, a three-point attachment does it count mm -hmm. for you or for your opponent on here we stand you, you didn't pay for him. You have him on uh, on the unit. So, yeah, it opens some different kind of possibility of interpretation. Yeah. I'd love that. You, t you took the black two of my watch captains. <laughs> I now control that zone. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. R R from when? <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, God, it would be nice to have some FAQs, wouldn't it? Um, anyway, yeah, no, fantastic. Um, so um the event itself let's have a look at the the statistical breakdown obviously you running uh targaryen going undefeated uh did help uh prop the targaryen win rate up a little bit um but targaryens overall if uh your games excluded would have gone 50 percent your games included had a 67 percent win rate overall which is still uh one of the better ones regardless of which side you take um only really uh Baratheons, Night's Watch, and Stark had the same number of games. Now, I mean, let's take away the other ones for a moment and let's look at the Night's Watch and specifically Stark win rate. The Stark win rate down at a lowly 21%. That is a sad day to be a Stark player. Um, oh, three wins out of 14 games. And all of them by Great John Umber. Every single game. You did have quite an extreme faction um, kind of entry. No, no Lannisters, no, no. Uh, no neutrals at all. But you know, not not that not that odd a thing at uh, at twenty five players. But you know, it's a really really large weighting towards effectively four factions of uh, Barras, Targs, Dark, Night's Watch. You know, obviously, it's always going to be dependent upon individual players choice but do you find that they are the, the the factions that you see incredibly regularly when you play locally do you think that they are like a representation of what your club and, and and italy are playing right now or do you think that it just so happened that people congregated in that direction for this event uh, and you know there were at least three people that they usually play uh, sorry lannister uh, mm, a couple of them they, they couldn't play and another one he decided to go with Stark. And one of the the most famous players with with Lannister in Italy is Presidente, who uh, who was the the TO for the day. So mm -hmm. if 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 he would have played, he would have played with with Lannister, hundred percent. Yeah. But it, it was kind of it wasn't very good at not having any Lannister at the tournament. And we also had only one free fourth player. And he was from from our club, so 
just one player for, from our club with free folk and nobody else in Italy wanted to play free folk. And I honestly don't know why, because I think they are this strong. I mean, they are not... I, I understand now Tar uh, Lannister, they have some, some problems now, and I, I, got, I, I get it. Free folk, I think they are a good faction at the moment, but nobody wanted to play free folk, apparently. And I, I didn't expect that. The last little tournament we had in our club, which was three weeks ago, I went with free folk, mainly because I, 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 I don't meet many free folk players in Italy. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I wanted to play with them just to understand them a little bit better, and even because I, I didn't know if I could meet before player during the tournament, and I, I didn't feel ready to play against Free Folk. So we, we can say no neutral, which is okay. No Lannister, which is I don't think it's okay for a for a good way to to have a tournament and to for a good community. Only one Free Folk, so we just have our Targaryen Free Folk. Sorry, Targaryen Nightwatch. Uh, Land, uh, Stark and and Greyjoy, these four factions. Mm -hmm. Baratheons as well, L large. And Baratheon, yeah, sorry, Baratheon, yeah. Baratheon, yes, yes, Baratheon. A few, a few Greyjoy, Greyjoy only two players. Big, yeah, uh, just two Baratheon. players with Greyjoys. I mean, which I think is pretty good for Baratheon. Last year, last tournament, last last national tournaments in Italy, there were no Baratheon at all. Yeah, Here, I mean, there were five or six. Baratheons really have seen a massive resurgence, I think. And not just here, we'll we'll go into some other events that have happened um, this weekend as well. Um, and you'll see Baratheons consistently having quite a, a big chunk of that pie, if you will. Um, I think that Baratheon fanboy train, like, it's come to, it's come to rest, it's come to town, it's here to stay. Um, they're pretty good right now, right? So, at least, yeah. you know. People think they are. Um, okay, interesting. Um, I mean, from, um, from from the Seaman side, did, uh, did did you receive anything uh, particularly special from them uh, to do with uh, Italian nationals, to do with the prize support? Did, uh, have you come away with uh, any any trophy that they provided, or uh, how uh, yes. how was the support from that side? Yeah, it, it was great. They also had. Um, an article on the on their web on the web page, and they sent us a, a lot of prizes mm -hmm. with starter boxes and unit boxes. No Martels, and... no. Martels, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but many many prizes. I mean, a, a huge support by with with prizes. And we also had something more because we wanted to have every single player they they could go home with a with a with a box. Mm -hmm. so we had at the end we had everyone with a with a box and with a with some uh, some other small trophies like welcome pack for everybody, which was kind of an L, so you can use to sign where your unit is. You can move it and then okay, okay, I just go back and you know exactly where the unit was. Yeah. And 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 something else. So everybody went home with the prize. Because everybody would be happy about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they, they sent us a, a, a great su a great support. That's good. Um I've actually got a question in chat for you, 
Danny. Um, were the winner, so yourself, I guess, in this case, were your, I mean, it's different, I guess. <laughs> um, were your details asked for to be passed along to Simon for the Worlds event, do you know? Mm, yeah, we will do that. Um, we were supposed to do it today, but mm, we couldn't. And we are going to send a full report to, to Simon you know, with some pictures, with the score details, which send just the link from, from stats. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, and we will send them all all the data and then we will see. You know, because they they told us that, that there there will be a World Cup mm -hmm. this year, but mm -hmm. we know nothing else. And well, I really look I forward to to reading the announcement of your uh, of your invite and, uh, and 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 hope hope to see that as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah, me too, me too. Because I am excited, but I I know nothing about it, so I don't yeah. know where, when, how. <laughs> but mm -hmm. it's that would be uh, that would be great, but mm -hmm. I know nothing about it for now. We'll, we can uh, tell, me, tell me about uh, Italian Nationals uh, 2023. Uh, are, you, are you hoping uh, bigger and uh, more entrants in two days? Or are you thinking um, that, you know, that you're, you're very comfortable at this kind of size and that uh, you would expect it to be a similar kind of 32-player event, possibly just across the one day? Yeah, you know, um, the last two years... They, they weren't very good for for playing in real life, right? For mm -hmm. COVID, we we all know that. And yeah. so the tournament last year was just 13 people, but then one people couldn't really play, so it was actually a 12-person event. Here we double it. And if you ask me, I want to double it ne next year, <laughs> but I am not overconfident about it. I I would love to. I would love to see the Italian community grow together and see many people and maybe also have a, a two-day tournament next year. Yeah. But I think that if you want to have a two-day tournament, you will got to be at least 50 people. If you are kind of 25 people, yeah, you, you can play more than four games, but it's kind of silly having six games with 25 people playing. So I, I hope to make it bigger next year. Because, you know, <laughs> sorry so uh you know i ran a six round event with 24 people last week <laughs> no, no, no no i mean i'm joking i'm joking i think that uh no i i really hope that you can expand beyond the 32 and uh and uh, i i would really um, look look forward to you hopefully announcing uh, announcing soon and uh, building the hype and uh, and uh, and I'm sure hopefully you know Simon might make some kind of announcement for 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 the world championships and I'm sure that that will you know bring even more renewed interest in 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 these events that can can be classified as national events and that this can become a stepping stone to uh, to, to 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 like a really well structured competitive community right like a really well structured um competitive kind of gateway to bigger and better events and uh, and that and that will just bring the prestige that like really is deserved of uh, any national champion any any national championship any kind of event that uh, that is the biggest in its country and uh, i think that will really help to bring the international communities together i'm sure 
you'll uh, I'm sure you'll get more interest again from uh, other European players. And uh, and yeah, I, uh, I let me know as soon as possible, and I will uh, help to try and make uh, Italian nationals bigger and better next year, and we'll 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 try and get that fifty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This year uh, we really wanted to go to to thirty two players, but we had to stop to twenty five because many people. At the end, they decided not to show up. I mean, not not to enroll actually. Mm-hmm. And so it, I, me and my club, all the persons, although I mean the president mainly, uh, we spent a lot of time and sometimes even some money because you know we, we did everything for free. We, we didn't earn anything. It was just for the for for the good of the community. We just for fun. But, you know better than anyone else, I think, because with the website, I think you you work a lot on it, and so it's it's just for the for the well-being of the community. And at the end, we were a little bit sad that we couldn't hit 32 players, and mm-hmm. we couldn't do that. But there are many players in Italy that they didn't want to take part in the tournament. Okay. Many different reasons. Most of them are quite silly, but I don't want to talk about it. But we hope to make it maybe even bigger next year and yeah, yeah do, of you, course, uh, do you find that that's uh, individuals or do you, do, you, do you believe that there are like a whole gaming clubs like whole whole cities worth of uh clubs of like groups of players who um who who are like aren't ready to kind of come to an event of this size aren't, aren't ready to participate in the more national kind of community or do you find it's just individual players who uh have have xyz reason why they they can't make it so don't want to yeah. they both but mainly i know for sure that they are there are at least three communities in italy mm-hmm. in three different cities and nobody from these three cities showed up nobody enrolled different reasons which is a, a, a long discussion and i don't want to bore you right now because it's something more of italian interest rather than international yeah. interest yeah. but so for sure, there might be at least 12 active players that, that didn't want to join the tournament. Yeah. No, I do think it's very, very interesting, uh, the discussion in general about how to uh, how to improve the engagement in, in the competitive side. You know, I think that we've been uh, we've been very lucky and, and we always continue to try and increase the involvement in the London Grand Tournament. You know, we, we've genuinely had people turn up to the London Grand Tournament and, and are coming again next year. Um, who, who, who? It's the first tournament they've ever been to. You know, this isn't this isn't this isn't only people looking to come to this event to win, looking to use it as a stepping stone, or you know, to like really show how good they are at the game. There are people looking to come to learn the game. Practically, they they they've barely played any. Um, uh, but there are always going to be more. There are always going to be more players who we haven't reached. There are there are there are stores and communities and clubs of uh, who, who are less, who are more isolated, less involved in the wider UK scene. And it, and it's such an interesting question about like what can we do to bring them in? What 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 are their fears around not wanting to participate? The, and uh, you you very much want to uh, avoid um, creating you know like a like a hyper-competitive, hyper-win-at-all-cost kind of environment, which does scare off new people. That 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 would be such a, su- su- such a drain on the future of the game because growth is always going to come from getting as many people involved as possible and making me- as many people as possible feel welcome. 
Um, so, you know, it's, it's always a thought on my mind and uh, always interesting to hear the perspectives from different communities and what, what they're struggling with. I think it's a struggle that we, the game will always have, every game will have. Um, if it's kind of presented in any kind of competitive manner, that uh, there will be those who uh, those who, who who don't enjoy that part or or only go for that part, and uh, and it's always going to be a balance that we have to strike. <clears throat> yeah, you know, um, this can be a problem for some player, for some new players. But we had um, a player for, from our club. He has been playing for six months, more or less. And of course, if if you are a new player. You normally maybe you cannot try and win a national events, right? Normally, mm -hmm. but it's not impossible. And I told him, don't worry about it because you will play the first game, which is random. And he played with me, so bad luck for him. But the, as I said, after that, you are supposed to meet people more or less on your on your same level. Yeah. Even you don't you don't have necessary you don't necessarily have to go to a tournament. Have to win it. You just yeah. can go there and enjoy it. And at the end, the point is, doesn't matter how many players there are, but only one can can win. So mm -hmm. you go there yeah. thinking about, okay, I have to go there and win. If I don't win, it's pointless. I think you are not on the on the right spot on your mind with, with the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. If 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 a thirty-two player tournament is thirty-two players who all are only there to win and 32 players who believe they're going to win and uh, will be disappointed with anything but a win, then one person's going to go home happy and 31 people are going to go on home unhappy. You know, whereas if, if we just have 32 players who just want to play and want to play games that are close and want to play games against people who, uh, who, who hopefully challenge them and are equal skill with them or at least close to them, then that's when the tournament really takes on uh, take, take, takes on its best kind of appeal and really helps. Um, you know that, that that's where Swiss Draw is at its best. You know, there's a reason why Swiss Draw is used. It should hopefully bring players into groupings with players similar to themselves um, and 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 get close games to be closer and closer and closer. That said, I mean, I did take a look. You know, you you, you took four crushing wins in the event. Uh, yeah. It, none of them, uh, none of them seem particularly close. Uh, any any particular game that you felt that you were pushed hardest, closest, closest to the uh, closest to the edge, or was it all plain sailing uh, all throughout? Yeah, you know, the, the first one was with Stark, and it was with um, this player from my club, and I mean, we played together a few games, and I knew his style, so I. Mm -hmm. It, it, it doesn't look like that, but <clears throat> it was quite a quite a tight game. And also the second one with Nightwatch, he played well, but he probably had a couple of mistakes. With one maneuver and one, he he didn't heal Og with the with the conscript. I I could kill him. And after losing one unit in a very tight game, it it can it can go <clears throat> really bad. Yeah, I mean, um, a crushing victory uh, in terms of victory points doesn't always describe the describe the story of the event, the, the story yes. of the game, right? Mm -hmm. The game can snowball incredibly quickly. I've, I I know personally, I've, I've played games where it felt like it went down to a single dice roll, but the final result is a crushing win because that dice roll goes my way, and then everything takes off from that point. Yeah, that's true. That that can happen. 
and then it was round three. Round three with Hon and Ready, which is my less likable game mode. I, I really don't like Hon and Ready. I, I feel it to be a little bit boring. So I, I wasn't really happy about it, and I had to play with Abarosh with the Baraton. He also is from a club, and he's a very skilled player, very very good. But I kind of mind tricked him, and he chose the wrong list. <laughs> we are <laughs> we are still joking about it because I kind of Jedi tricked him and say, okay, you don't want to play that list. A true champion has more than just what he does on the table, doesn't he, Jasper? Me and you both know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I had these two lists and one was the same list I played with in, in Santander with Drogo and three cavalry units plus Jora, PNCUs, and the other one mm -hmm. was a uh, nine-ish. An interesting nine activation list, uh, double on Solid Officer, yeah, I took a look, uh, quite extreme. And Abarash, he was sure, 100% sure I was going to play this list. The one mm -hmm. with nine activations. But <laughs> because, okay, we have objectives, five objectives, so you have more infantries that maybe they can hold the objective better. And then said, yeah, no way, I'm going to play the cavalry, <laughs> the other one. And he was a little bit, uh, I don't know, maybe, yeah, maybe a little bit mind tricked by me because he was sure about the other list. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's what it's about. How, how how did um how did you feel about your two lists? Did you did you use them? Did you use them both? Obviously, they yeah. both performed well uh, when you used them. But did you feel that one was uh, kind of like a specialist list, or you just? It's interesting to take double Drogo, um, but they are very different in style. One one is nine activation. It's got two um, Unsullied Captains in there, so you're looking heavily onto Relentless. Um, do, you, do you feel that they have specific matchups in your mind, or um, do, they, do they have specific game modes in your mind? Uh, what was the thinking behind that list pairing? Yeah, yeah, both, both of that, because um, when I, I, I tried these two lists together, I wanted to have one seven activation list, and another one, I didn't want to have two Seven activation lists. Mm -hmm. Wanted to have one with seven and one with mm, a higher count, so eight or maybe nine. I I thought the nine might work better with some factions, especially free folk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> then only one free folk showed up, and so yeah, the 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 cavalry list, the one with three cavalrys and Jora, is kind of my main one. I play that a lot and some people yeah. also took inspiration by it and they are playing some uh, something like a a different version of it and and i try to think about something different and i wanted to go with two one solid officers and then i also wanted to have veterans and jora so that was it and actually caldrogo was the last choice because i couldn't feel anybody else but him because i don't have any any other cavalry commander in faction except Jora, but uh, if you play Jora as a solo unit, you don't have it as a commander. Absolutely. So that's why I think about it. And then also, I didn't want to play any dragons. You know, there are many people, maybe many, many people in Italy thinking that Drogo and dragons are broken, are OP. 
I in four games on Saturday I have never expert duelist anybody. Never. Always went for the wound. Which is never killed one single attachment. Never. See tried. I'm I'm of the opinion that that's probably better. Like I actually think that the expert duelist thing to kill an attachment is on the most part a little bit more meme. Uh yeah, it's a trap. <laughs> Um, there are some attachments where it's probably worth it, like, if you really want to kill a watch captain or an unsullied officer, then, yeah, okay, that's value. And sometimes against hardened, yeah, okay, that's value, but, like, an auto-wound on a hardened unit when you've got Bolt and Flayed Men with a minus three panic test with plus one, like, that's pretty good! <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a bit of a trap. You know, it happened to me one-third of the time that when you fail the, 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 the killing, Mm-hmm. Opponent, 99% of the time, he, he will have only the attachment left on the unit. So I would say, <laughs> yeah. I had just yeah. the wound, the unit was gone. So, <laughs> yeah, always, always. Um, so, of course, this was, um, this was an event of a size which had an invite for the London, uh, London Grand Tournament Invitational on the Friday. You had already qualified um, through uh, your performance in uh, El Not El Tony and Not. <laughs> yeah, in, in, in any one of your previous tournament-winning victories, uh, I believe you qualified it from Spain, right? Was uh, actually the or, the or had you already qualified? You qualified from 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 an Italian event, and then you went to Spain and you won. Anyway, is there a tournament this guy can't win? There's a reason. There's a reason why. There's a reason why Jasper will be there. Um, are you gonna? I, can we all infer? We almost definitely intend to see you playing Targaryens. That's yeah, a guarded secret. Yeah, I, I, I cannot say that hundred percent certainty, but I think so because uh, it's more of a a sentimental thing. Yeah. Uh, last time we we, we we talked together, I told you guys that I started just. In a random way with the tournament, and they were an odd number, and I adapt just to make the pairing uh, go go better. Mm-hmm. And I got second with starter set of Targaryens and maybe one flayed man just to, to beat forty points. And then President just make this gift to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, you you can start playing now. And I think I mean he's kind of my kind of my uncle, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he's pretty happy about that day, that day of two years ago. And I said, okay, yeah, yeah, come on, you, you can play. So they, hold, they hold a special place in your heart, yeah? They, they, they yes, will always they yeah. yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. But from Italian nationals, um, Taro uh, Bottolucci, is that, is that, is that have yeah. I got you his name? You want to pronounce? Yeah, actually, he, he wrote it. He wrote, he wrote it in a in a bad way. He wrote the family name, the place of the hobby's name. Or, or <laughs> I, see, I see. I see. I see. Uh, uh, is his family name, and if you check, you will see that Presidente also is Claudio, and there is another player called Francesco Bartolucci, and they are father and two sons. Mm-hmm. Ah, I see. That is uh, and, that, that that that's much more family connection than I realized. Uh, but Tauro yeah, uh, will also be uh, coming to the Invitational, hopefully, um, filling yes, out a second yes. Italian spot. Uh, I know he's yes, he often will. been, uh, what we would say in the UK is, uh, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. You Always, always, <laughs> always taking second place to yourself. 
but uh, I'm glad yeah. uh, I'm, I'm glad you managed to take uh, take the spot this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he was extremely happy because he really wanted to go to the to the invitational. That's awesome. When, when I when I, when you got second, he said, "Okay, but maybe I can take your place." And I said, "It's not my decision. I, I can ask Carlo, <laughs> and then you vote me first. And I told him, "Okay, I didn't ask him. He told me, and he was." <laughs> It was just the, the mind blow, blow up and say, okay, I, I'm going to roll immediately. And after five minutes, he, he got in because he really wanted it. He really, really wanted it. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, you know, the discussion last week, you know, what, what, what can the site do is uh, the, hopefully the one small thing we can do is, you know, make people's day by inviting them to these kind of events and uh, bringing, bringing, bringing the best players together and recognizing smaller communities. Communities like your own that are, are, are not so uh, heavily present online, you know, it's very, very. I find I find your events so interesting because uh, because you guys don't play regularly online like uh, a lot of the other Europeans do. It when you enter events, when you travel for events, and when you run events yourselves, and international people come to play in your events, it's one of the few times that we get to see the interaction about how strong your local community is, how strong your players are, versus the other kind of European players who are slightly, not not always, but slightly more well-known online. We kind of understand where they fit uh, into kind of like the scene, as it were. And, uh, and and so far, you yourself and your club have, have never disappointed, uh, which is quite surprising because, you know, the I've always maintained myself, you know, that like nearly all the best players are online. If you want to find really good players, they are online, but you're really proving that wrong. And and your club has done incredibly well at this event, and uh, along with the with the other the other big Italian club too, Viva um, Victorian and and uh, Theo uh, taking taking third and fourth. Uh, both clubs well represented, but the Italians as a whole, you know, not being ousted by 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 a small collection of international travellers who are often uh, tra- flying in and stealing the top spots from uh, a lot of tournaments that you see that happen. Uh, our own LGT uh, top spots stolen by one of just two Polish players who came across. Uh, you went over to Spain and uh, and, and took the win there. Um, International travelers can often come away with the top spot, but not today. You managed uh, as a club and as a nation to hold strong to your own, <laughs> to your own, to your own trophy and your own nationals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you, you're right, because if people don't play with each other, you can never know how strong or bad they are. And, mm-hmm. But in Italy, there are maybe just one or two people playing online on TTS. And so... These are the, the the events when we can play against each other. Right? Yeah. As you know, I, I'm coming to to London for the LGT, and we're gonna be there and and to Santander, and we are planning to go to France to Bordeaux nationals Amazing. there. And you know, Philippe Tituspuru was mm-hmm. here, and, on, and so we talk about it, and we also had a small video which will be online in a few days, I think. And so we are going to France, and this is last day news. So we are thinking about going to Germany for the events in wow. Germany. Oh, that's awesome. Brilliant. That is awesome. We don't know about that because it's, it's not very easy to get in, in Hanover, where the, the tournament will take place. And also, many of us, we will not have the, um, I mean, the, a, a free week in that period. So we, we are thinking about it, but we, we would love to. Mm-hmm. 
and then <clears throat> we will see <clears throat> maybe even another tournament in Spain, which you know something about about it, but yep. nothing official yet. But we will probably go there too. I mean, we we like to do that, and there is also <clears throat> you know I, I, I was telling you about the Bartolucci's family, and we also have First Lady, which is the yep. only woman in the in, in the tournament and obviously first lady is the wife of presidente so they are the whole family <laughs> I, I had taken a guess <laughs> and uh, yesterday Italian she, she... coming coming to a national tournament near you very soon <laughs> uh, anybody across europe be, be aware that the italians are coming to steal steal your trophies and uh, and, and and leave you with nothing <laughs> yeah yeah and yesterday she she was she was saying okay i'm gonna check my free period from from work according to tournaments so <laughs> <laughs> that's great um fantastic honestly fantastic i was really i'm really glad to hear you're making more journeys as well potentially um that is fantastic so. yeah i think attending these international events is certainly something that carlo has taken some serious consideration to uh and certainly i've been trying to look at schedules and things uh to see how i can work some things out as well because um, if, if you can make the time, I think it's worth it. Um, but I understand, you know, costs and things like that can can rack up quite quickly. Um, yeah. But it's, you know, do what you can, isn't it, in these kind of situations. So we wouldn't be able to talk about an event if we didn't have something for Carlo to look at. You know, he's not just all a numbers man. He does like looking at some some painted stuff. He tells me. I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> why he likes looking at painted stuff um but yeah so was this the the best painted army this uh the greyjoys here yes yes it was that is and there were nice there were two armies that they were competing for the best painted army mm -hmm. and this one it got the the longer stick and it was the this is v for vitarius army Ah, V for Victorian. He's not just a good player, he's also a good painter. Um, yeah, he's a no, very good painter, yes. These are really nice. I like the, the water effect on the base, but also the, um, uh, God forbid, the addition of rocks on the base, um, but without having to put guys on the rocks, so they haven't got that added height. <laughs> so hopefully uh, Carlo's not driving himself <laughs> mental there by being like, oh, they're too tall. Um so yeah no no rocks are fine rocks are fine as long as they're not stood on them as long as the model remains at model <laughs> height <laughs> oh dear yeah no, it looks uh, it looks like a really beautiful paint scheme really consistent really nice basing really 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 top top stuff yeah mm -hmm. love it uh and this was the starks right that was the other one up for for positioning yeah. oh this God. one is, it was the other one this one is uh uh Ilu's painting one, mm -hmm. and yeah, this was uh, another very good one. And you can see on the right uh, a weird version of Tycho. Yeah, with a. Was, this was kind of a. And this was kind of a promo we gave to all the participants in um, international events, and but he got it earlier, so he, he could paint and show to everybody else. Obviously, he also had the original one. Mm -hmm. He couldn't play without it, but he, he went with him. And... Ah, that's nice. 
I have definitely, I've definitely seen that uh, that hedge knight before, and his uh, uh, the the one in the um, in the Stark Outriders, mm-hmm. um, and his uh, and his unique heraldry on his shield. That's uh, I've definitely seen that pop up on Facebook or Discord. Uh, it's really lovely army to see it uh, all laid out in front. The green, uh, the green hedge knight with the mermaid shield is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. like that is it's, it's all and it's all freehand. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I'll throw yeah. these paintbrushes away now. So, yeah, he he's a very good painter, but the thing that I invite the most of him is his freehand. He can do some yeah. amazing job with freehand. And I mean, I am a normal painter. I can paint pretty well, but nothing exceptional. But I can't do anything as freehand. I'm very bad at at drawing, so I'm like I can't do anything freehand. And I really invite skill on freehand mm-hmm. it's amazing the, the mermaid and also some other stuff but you, you can find this model on, on facebook he posted a lot of pictures on, fa- on facebook so if you want to check it go for it because freehand is it's an amazing job mm-hmm. yeah i mean his uh, his army as a whole uh, uh, is phenomenal fantastic uh it's, it's great to see it as much as i probably don't paint enough it's fantastic to see people who put real time and effort into the painting um, and produce armies like this because it's just i think it's a part of like the hobby aspect which in sometimes you know sometimes people talk about it a lot with the likes of games workshop and things like that doing a lot of spotlights on it but um it's a big part of the hobby which i think people can spend a lot of time on and get some really nice results that are you know, you can sit back and you can be proud of what you've done afterwards. Uh, I don't really know if there's a word for it, really, but just knowing that you've produced something. Don't get me wrong, winning a tournament is nice. You know, coming second, third, whatever, doing well in a tournament is nice. But in the end of the day, being able to actually have a physical product at the end of this thing and you know that you've put your skill and effort into painting that is, yeah, it is a lovely thing to see. Um, and you know, yeah, that I, is, that is amazing. I'm, I'm always, always pleased with myself when I finish a model, you know, like I'm always, always happy that that is time well spent. If I spend that time playing, playing an online card game instead, when I come away at the end, I, I don't have any sense of achievement. I don't have any sense of having, you know, like done something useful, any real skill learned or improved or mastered or, or being left with something that I'm proud of. Whereas when I paint miniatures, I'm always proud that I've painted an army, proud that I have this thing forevermore. Um, and that is forevermore. I never sell anything. If I've painted it, it's never, ever going away. <laughs> it just ends up joining the pile of things that I no longer use. But uh, yeah, and, uh, and, and, and I, I really you know, tell anybody and everybody that uh, if you just start, then you will be happy and proud with what you can do. And uh, and you will always improve. We're all we're all we're all trying to improve. And uh, paint yeah. painting is just one of many things uh, about the game to master. Yeah, uh, you know there there are some games that are you um, you are you're you're obliged. It's compulsory to paint mm-hmm. for the army to in order to play. This is not yeah. the case for um, Song of Ice and Fire right now. But I think that if you go to a tournament and you have a full painted army. Even if it is a, a tabletop quality, okay, you don't need to have something amazing like these two armies we have seen. But if you have the whole painted army, it's, the feeling is completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Besides, these two these two armies, before Vitarians, he got third, and 
and Franco, Ilus Avatar, uh, he he won the best general uh, trophy. And the best general was for the person who made um, the, the biggest number of um, unit destruction points. Mm-hmm. I see, I see. We aggressive. decided to... Yes, yes, we decided to give people, players, even another way to earn like a, a very good trophy and, and a cup, obviously. Yeah. Even if at the end he got 10th, I think, or 9th in, in the final ranking, but won a very important trophy because he, he was the most aggressive player. This is also, I think, very nice for medium to big tournaments to give people different way to play the game and also they, they can win. Man, many people can win different kind of things. Mm-hmm. So obviously we had the best general in factions, which, which also was about um, unit destructions out for the victory points. But we just had a uh, memento plague for them, nothing else. But the, the most, the, the the best general went home with a with a big prize. I mean, maybe maybe as big as mine. I think, yeah. So <laughs> it was it was it was it, and it was really good. So even worth playing for. Worth killing for. <laughs> Sorry. Worth killing for. Worth worth yes, worth, yes. worth worth going for. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But. If you are a good painter, like before Vitarion and Illus Avatar, you might be also a good player too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing, uh, one thing I'll add to all of that is, um, is you know, I, I get it a lot. I am, I'm afraid to pick up a model most of the time and start painting because I feel like I'm just going to ruin it as soon as I pick it up. Um, and you know, every time I'm like, right, I'm, I'm just going to have to do it. And I sit down and for the first five minutes, I'm like, God, this is terrible. But then like 20 minutes, half an hour later, you'd be like, actually, no, I'm, uh, this is fine. This is all going to end up fine. It's going to look great. Um, just do it. Just pick up the paintbrush. Pick up the paint. Be just, hard. Just you, have, paint. you have to have faith. You have to yeah. have faith in the end result. Yeah. Uh, models, I find they, 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 they go down before they go up. <laughs> And uh, when you when you're just starting to put a few colors on and a few layers and maybe it's a bit messy, maybe maybe you just washed it or you haven't washed it yet and it hasn't got any depth or it hasn't got any kind of like uh, layering to to the colors or anything to bring it together. Um, you know, th- there are times when it looks worse than the un- the unpainted state, but once you get there, once you finish it, it, it always it always starts to come together. Especially once they're all together on the table and they look somewhat cohesive. I think that that's that's what really really unifies everything. You know, sporadic painting is uh, is can be nice in parts, but once you have a fully painted army, the whole thing just really really pops, really comes together. And I think the basing as well is such a large part of that. It's such an under underappreciated part of that that good bases can really just finalize the army and tie together models that look different models that uh you know are painted different they might even have different color schemes on but you know we have we have here the mermaid knight in in amongst in amongst the uh, the flayed men very very different models from totally different kits painted in entirely different colors but a consistent basing just like brings them together ties them together and makes the whole thing look like uh, like it was meant to be i have to say as well don't, definitely don't take a break just after you started painting when you're like half an hour to an hour in on a particularly important model and you go for a quick piss or something like that because when you come back you're walking back and you're looking at it from a distance and go jesus that's awful 
<laughs> uh, and then and then you sit down and everything's fine again. But uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, um, we've had a look at uh, plenty of pictures of models. Here's some pictures of some beautiful, some beautiful men. And uh, if I'm in right in saying this, Jasper, is that you in the back left corner? Ah. Uh... Just at the top, just there. Let's zoom right in on him. Are you as tall as people think? Uh, how, how tall are you, Jasper? Sorry? Uh, how tall are you? How, how tall are um, you? 1.8 meters. Six, six, six foot. I don't, okay. In some I don't pictures, exactly you look like you power over everybody else around you. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm a, I'm a standard guy. I'm a standard guy. <laughs> Standard is six foot. Now I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, Don't worry, you power over Mickey. Most people do. It's not hard. <laughs> uh, well, thank you this very much, Jasper. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously, we've, we've asked you about next year. We've asked you about uh, events that you're attending in the future and everything like that. Um, is there any last words you want to say about the Itali uh, Italian national event, about anything you know, coming up in Italy or anything else before we move on to some of the other events that we've had over the weekend? Well, I I don't know if we are we are planning some other tournaments because we, we normally win. If you go on on the map, that's mm -hmm. you can always see a, a spot in our place because once we finish a tournament, we start planning the next one. And we normally have one tournament every month, more or less, in our club. Mm -hmm. And... Obviously, if you want to come, if you want to join us, you are always welcome. Everybody is always welcome to, to come and join us. But normally, the, the tournaments in our club, they are small and not that competitive. About bigger tournaments, there is nothing going on right now. We are thinking about doing something maybe end of August or September because we have another event. Because our, our club is about many different aspects of playing. So it's mm -hmm. not only... Uh, songlass and fires mm -hmm. also board games and also some other other different kind of things which nothing to do with um with board games mm -hmm. and so when we do events we try to put more many different things together and sometimes our events are, uh, are the, the date are they are they are quite strict and but right now we don't we don't know but maybe update you and you can always find our events on on stats we put them all of them on stats and i don't know maybe we will we, we will probably do another national events next year mm -hmm. as we said before we hope to get to more than 25 players i hope to double this number maybe some other international players will join us which would be amazing and and I think that's it. I wanted to thank everybody from joining the, the tournament, especially the four international guys, which they, they took a flight to come to Italy. And I mean, as, as we said before, it's also a matter of money, you know, because if you have to go to a tournament near your home, maybe you spend five or 10 euros on, on gas and the, the, the Roman fee. But if you have to travel longer with planes or with trains, cars in the long distance, you also have to spend money. And you spend money for a hobby that you really like. And I, uh, I had a 
great moment uh, on Saturday with, with everybody in, a, in the group. So both the Italians and the international players. So the Spanish guys and Philippe for, from France, who is one of the TOs from the, um, from the national event in, in France. Mm -hmm. So I really, I really want to thank you, thank you, you too. And I think we are in a, in a great spot right now for this game. Even mm -hmm. the balance is pretty good. Players want to meet each other. COVID seems to be getting better. I mean, the situation seems to getting better. We don't say that loud. Uh, don't, don't, we don't say that too loud because we we never know. But yeah, I think we are in a very good spot at the moment, and I hope to see the community grow. And also, I want to thank. Uh, Simon and Robert Fulkerson, because without their board, it's not easy to have such a, such good events. Mm -hmm. so also, they are they are they are believing in us now, and by us I mean Europe, not only Italy, of course. Because mm -hmm. they will they will give support to you as well for the LGT and for the French and the German and probably the Spanish. Uh, tournament, so that's, that's a good way to start again with uh, with organized play and tournaments all around Europe. And I'm pretty happy about it, and I hope to see it getting bigger and bigger. And I hope to meet you guys in 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 some tournaments, so in London, but also in some other tournaments all around Europe. <laughs> it would be amazing, and and then we will see about the the World Cup next year. Uh, Paul wanted to add one last thing onto that. Uh, when you said about the cost of traveling to international events, Paul Spurgeon says the most expensive cost for international events is the number of wife points needed for them. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, 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 not every president gets to bring the first lady along to events with them. Yeah, yeah I, I was saying that. You have to convince your wives to, to play with you guys. <laughs> Oh God! If you if you manage to convince your wife and your children, you will have the whole family playing, and so to be much more. But that will be that will be much more expensive. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks a huge amount, uh, a huge amount there, Danny, um, for your time today. Um, you're welcome to join us, of you course. Guys. I know you've got some time left, uh, where we'll talk about some other events that happened. Uh, a specific one, which is a, a not Italian nationals big, but pretty big in the US. It's the biggest regional event that we've seen so far in the run-up to the US national qualifiers, uh, which was the Gamers Haven uh, national qualifier um, in well with Sunday Slaughter at the Gamers Haven event in Ohio. Uh, Gamers Haven event, Gamers Haven shop, um, and uh, this went to Datalink, who I believe is here in chat today. Uh, or has well, certainly has been uh, Charles Phillips, um, who won it with Targaryens. There we go. You must be pretty happy with that one, Danny. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. It's uh, it's a good day to be a Targ player, or a good weekend to be a Targ player, uh, which is actually really funny because those of you who looked at the stats before, Targs have actually dropped down into third, fourth place overall so targs overall weren't doing that well over the weekend but good players with targs were winning events which is a good start i think 
Um, this event uh, went had two undefeated players. Uh, Evan uh, was the initial undefeated player. His game actually finished first. So I was following along and now I was refreshing the page and was like, oh, Evan's probably going to win then. And then uh, and then Charles took a win for uh, a total of four crushings, uh, which is pretty good. I think two of them were wipeouts as well. Um, so we went pretty hard and just tried to kill everyone. Um... <laughs> uh, so yeah. Me, Targaryen. I know, right? Targaryens. Now, I did say we'd see a lot of Baratheons here. 29% Baratheon entry! Um, that's Baratheon's pretty popular as ever, you know? Yeah. Like, bar bar barriers were popular when they weren't good, and barriers are now viable. Like, you yeah. know, like they're, they're very viable. They're very in there, in the discussion, that you, you can win with them, you can win in an event with them. And that was something that they never used to have, and yet they maintained a huge popularity. And so now that they are viable, we're seeing them as just just one of the standout, most popular factions that get used. They they regularly, every month, when I look and congregate all the stats, they have the most submissions of all factions, basically month on month on month. Mm -hmm. And uh, and yeah, I, I'm I'm never surprised to see a high barra turnout. Um, Targaryen, again, posting a very strong win rate overall. A relatively small sample of games there, non-mirrors, only six. Um, but Stark, surprisingly doing fairly well in this event. Uh, it could be kind of, it's like a, a Stark mirror, huh? um, uh, of what we saw in Italy, uh, where, you know, the Starks were well represented but did badly. They're now rep well represented but doing well. And it's, in fact, the Greyjoys who are on the, the receiving end of the, the sadness stick, um, over at this event. Uh, what surprises me? <clears throat> Which I think it, yeah, I on. think it's a good thing because you, you see, um, Greyjoy did pretty well in Italy with, with before Viterian, mm -hmm. and Starks didn't they didn't do great, but here they it was the opposite. So that I think this means there are the factions are pretty balanced right now, and so it's a matter of how good you are. And also maybe a little bit of luck with pairings. With I think maybe uh, a little bit of luck. It's always important to win tournament. And I'm saying that as a person who has won several tournaments. If you don't get a little bit of luck with pairings and dice, it can be harder. But still, the the player skill is really really important right now. And you can see this from these tournaments. I think that's that's my idea. No, I think more than ever, um, an understanding of of what's popular and what lists will appear in local tournaments to you, and what players there are to look out for, because there is because there is so so much more balance right now than there has been in the past. I, I think that the game really has has, has a, a much longer list of, of of lists that you need to be scared of, of commanders that you need to consider. Of, of factions that you need to be aware of as like real contenders to win any event. Players need to take much more account of uh, what players are strong in their area, what players, like what factions they might play, you know, what, what lists they might bring and start to really adapt to more of their local conditions. Um, whereas in the past, I feel that really you needed to know what the, the, big meta-defining lists where you needed to know like this is awful this is mance this is this is 
I kind of, you know, this is Mother of Dragons. This is this is a Rob Stark list with, you know, high activations or something like that. You know, depending on how far back we go, what we're looking at. There have been lists that previously they just defined the game. They they defined the competitive sphere, um, and no matter who played them, you needed to be ready for them. You needed to be aware of them, and you needed to be to be to be built in a way and prepared in a way that you could face this list. Whereas now, I think you have to be much more selective. Um, there is a much, much wider range of things, and they, they are all looking to win in very different mindsets and different ways. Uh, it creates a much more interesting game, um, and you need to be much more aware of what players might be entering, what what factions and play styles they like, and, uh, and how that will match up. And I think that that creates uh, such an interesting environment. Uh, it creates so much more turmoil. It's one of the reasons why we see factions and commanders uh, and the ranking order changing on a week-by-week basis. Their their absolute positions keep swapping, but their overall ranks, they're they're barely changing. You know, they're all in there around plus 20, plus 30 for all the good good factions, which just says there's no difference between these things, right? They're all just in there in the mix. uh, And we just see rises and falls over a week's monthly period based on just like recent recent information recent tournaments recent success um but yeah it's uh, i i think that I, I really agree with what you said earlier danny which is the game is in the best competitive shape that it's ever been yep definitely um interesting so data said in, in chat there uh, for him what was the most interesting thing was that the last table the last game um of the event for to decide the winner this particular one was in fact uh, a lannister versus his targaryens um mm-hmm. and it was a lannister who had used uh adam and had gone three nil with it um which is hey look zamlor is a name i rem- i am remembered of in 1.6 i swear i remember that name doing fairly well back in the 1.6 days um pre-2021 um but yeah, he, he goes going three nil with Lannisters, and then you know, okay, failing at the final hurdle, but still making it that far with Lannisters, I think is very strong. Um, interestingly, he went for the Gregor Clegane list, the only time he didn't go for his Adam list, and it was a loss. Maybe it was a it was a list he thought he teched well into it that perhaps didn't work. Um, but yeah, so uh, it is it, the game really is in a good spot. Um, even the worst factions in the game now have people who will, you know, let's talk about what for a second, who will champion them and will play them until death, and that can pull down results. So enjoy the game right now, basically. You know, that doesn't mean Lannisters don't need a buff. Give them a bit, a little bit of a buff. <laughs> um, but yeah, enjoy the game right now. There's a lot to be said of it. Um, but yeah, obviously, congratulations to Datelink for picking up the uh, for the slot. And I believe because it was a 24-man event in the end that you would have got Datalink getting a spot, Bassid or Evan getting a slot as well. Bob's already got one, I believe. So Zamlor might get one as well. Is it four that they do? If it's they do four. Yeah, they do four. four. So, I, I believe they pass on down as long as on the day the person chooses not to take it. I yeah. think maybe so I think seems to be some kind of report. Bob's that. already got one, and Chris has already turned his down, I think, because he can't make it. So I think it goes down to Rex Racer as well. Um, 
so yeah, hopefully, hopefully those people can all make it to nationals. Uh, that moves us to something in the region of 20 players qualified for nationals. I'm sure, I'm sure there's a list somewhere uh, which I can get one of the many players in the US who's been trying to keep on top of that. Um, make sure that they tell us for next week, if you wouldn't mind. I think it's Groose. I'm pretty sure it's Groose. It was following it along before. Groose, go and update that list and tell us because you're fairly reliable and useful. Um, if it wasn't gross, I apologise, but also you do it and tell us, <laughs> um, because it'd be interesting to know how many people have actually qualified for uh, for nationals so far. Um, ah, you, yours got passed down as well, Datalink. Ah, oh, have you thought about not moving? Um, oh no, wait, hang on, it's probably not your choice. Probably not, not, not to put too much pressure on him, but uh, Datalink has also been invited to the Invitational based on this 24-man win. Uh, we will see whether or not it fits with his with his move. Uh, he's he, he's put us uh, he's put us on he's put himself in the maybe category. Uh, I'll see I'll see whether or not I can convince him. There is there is another US player who has been in the maybe category for quite a while, and hopefully by next week I'll tell you that he is in the absolute yes category, and we will have a US entrant into the Invitational. Um, but uh, yeah, that that one's been pending for quite a while. Uh, and I really hope to be able to uh, say that that's a yes, no surprises, uh, or no no hints, no hints on the surprise. We'll have to wait till next week. Good stuff. Um, all right then. So um, there was another event which uh, I do want to bring a bit of a special mention to, which is a, a small event happening in Misagua, Ontario, Canada. But the reason I want to bring this event to light it is the first event physically that not just uh, our big man Groose was at, Craig, but also the, the Canadian Heroes World group among them. So N-Line, Ariakas, who you know is a massive friend of us uh, and the channel. Um, and uh, that whole, like, basically Ontario group getting together and playing games. This is the first event that they've been able to play since COVID, um, which is massive. Like, it's absolutely massive they managed to get out there and play a tournament. Bruce, uh, he sent us a message on Friday, um, and, you know, it wasn't, it might not seem important, but, you know, he said, like, in two and a half hours, I'll be playing in my first per in-person tournament for over two years. And this is someone who has yeah. played the game a lot, has been following the game a lot, if you haven't followed follow his posts online. Um, and I think it is so, so, so great to see a community finally get to restart after such a long wait. Um, you know, the event, uh, Richard pulled it down, uh, N-Line, very, very strong player. He pulled it down with his Lannisters. Um, Abyssius was in a, uh, Jordan was in a very good spot in going into the final five, round. Five players, three and one. Yeah. Um, it, Jordan was actually in the lead going into the final round and it was Craig who beat him. <laughs> uh, he was actually the only undefeated player in the last round. Um, but a bit uh, because of beaten by Craig uh, to put it into a five-way tie, uh, two-way tie for unit count secondary. So it went to unit destroyed points. But um, which is always sad to lose on unit destroyed. So Abyssius deserves just as much credit as Endline, I think. Um, another Targaryen player who nearly won an event. They breed. Ne ne nearly, nearly's not quite. 
interesting <laughs> interesting just how many uh there are there are some commanders there that aren't identical so i can only assume that there aren't any actual list requirements that this is single list format or single commander format and yet there are a huge number of commanders that are repeated jasper just taking home a double card drogo win um i think um maybe the only thing i have to say about the current balances is that we're seeing a large propensity of people moving towards i think the thing is is that actually maybe like the commanders are shaping and defining the list structure in such a way that that their players are finding it hard to really come up with a second list or or really come up with a second viable Kind of difference maker with another commander whether or not that's because the, the the balance and power level between commanders are too large or, or or a commander is too defining of the most efficient way to play a faction uh is really maybe a, an interesting discussion for another time for yourself danny you know um have you played you know what shall we say in a competitive sense in a tournament sense, you really see yourself playing double Cardrogo, um, just like a, a lot, shall we say? Or is it always a consideration? Are there other commanders that you, you think are viable? Or do you feel that he is too defining of the way you personally are playing Targaryens, the way you personally are building Targaryen lists, that you're finding yourself hard to break away from him? Yeah, you know, I, I was saying before the, um, the the list with nine activations. It, Drogo, it wasn't part of the idea of that list. Also, mm -hmm. I don't love Drogo in veterans, but it was uh, my only choice. I, I didn't have anything else to put there because I mm -hmm. wanted to have those units. So I, in this case, I didn't start with the commander. I start with the idea of what I wanted to do with that that list. And yeah. at the end, Drogo was the only option I had because the only other I, I, I have units plus Jora and two infantry units. They already have an attachment. The only choice was to put my commander in the veterans. I didn't have any any other choice, and the only option was Drogo. Mm -hmm. Being said that, I think Drogo is strong, but. I don't, as, as we were saying before, pe some people in Italy think he's OP. I don't think so. I mean, he's a good, he's a good commander, of course, but he's not OP. I don't think he's OP. Maybe Targaryens they have a problem with internal balance with commanders because mm -hmm. mm, we know Belwas, which is unplayable, and and we know about that, but. <laughs> Everything else is okay, but it's not that good. I mean, Daenerys, the two versions are both interesting, but no, I, I don't like playing with dragons. Mm. I don't love the dragon's play style because it feels like your opponent will always complain about it. Yeah. It feels, I, I, I don't love to play with them. That's also why I, I didn't play dragons in the last the last tournament but mm -hmm. if you don't play dragons maybe okay obviously you don't need mm, matter of dragon as a commander so it just it's just out of the of the picture mm -hmm. and also maybe queen of mirin yeah queen of mirin i think queen of mirin i think she's pretty strong and also gray worm i i really like gray worm too but at the end 
they don't match my playstyle, so I want most of the time I want to have my commander on 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 the cavalry. And I think as a as a Dothraki player, you you need to have some maybe something more to mm -hmm. go with. I hoped before the mm, uh, the Heroes Three came out, I hope to have some more. I, I mean, I, I hope to have the the, the broad riders as commanders too. Mm, it'd be but interesting yeah uh, yeah and maybe it, some rules there cavalry options for for for, for yeah. the targaryens were expanded in some kind of way you know just uh i think uh jorah also being that very significant case of him being that three-point solo such an influential important part of their list building important part of uh kind of key combos with the veterans key combos with other pieces that you have it, it really really minimizes his chance to be played and so you're left with this single cavalry commander which isn't different to other factions you know only uh only brendan tully uh for the starks single cavalry commander um now night's watch have uh mounted brendan mm -hmm. um um sorry is it brendan yeah mounted brendan uh, yeah brendan's not brendan no, Benjin. What's, What's his name? Benjin. Yes. Benjin. 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 There we go. Gosh, nearly. Yeah. Nearly there. Mounted Benjin. Um, being their new cavalry commander edition. Um, so they're really the list of cavalry commanders is very small. Uh, but Targaryens are such a cavalry defined faction that you feel that they should have more options. You know, they they came with two in their initial starting set and and no more have come out since um and so you know uh yeah i think i think that it's interesting i think that carl drogo is an incredibly polarizing piece just because uh, assassinate expert duelist is such an uh, such a, a polarizing ability um in the same way that dragons too are such a polarizing polarizing unit the the way that they can kind of uh circumnavigate they, they still circumnavigate certain rules they still cause wounds without your opponent ever managing to roll dice or kind of interact with it in any way and people people are very adverse to uh that lack of interactivity that they at least get to roll some dice before they take their models off the board uh, seems to be a large part of uh, what most people expect mm -hmm. um so uh yeah i think i think that it's um it's interesting how popular Carl drogo is right now um, and how defining of the Targaryen faction he is. But it, like I say, you know, the, the conversation was just that we, we saw, I think we saw double double Tyrion um, for the Lannisters. What else have we got? We've got, we got uh, double Khal Drogo, double Stannis, technically using one of each type so we can get away with it. But, uh, but again, lower down the tournament, we see again the same Stannis, one of each type, or Asher, double. Tyrion. Again. Lots and lots of doubles. Very, very interesting about Double the way that people Drogo. are approaching uh, their list building in these tournaments. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it is. A, it's a lot of you know, and you can see that in the for a thirteen-player event to have eight Carl Drogos while also only having four Targaryen players says everything, doesn't it? Uh, every single player ran double Drogo. Um, to have three Lannister players and to have six Tyrions is every single player running double Tyrion. Actually, no. There were there were actually four Lannister players. To be fair, I didn't see the last one. Um, but you know, that's still the majority Tyrion. Um, 
that is sad in a way. I mean, it's, it's a good thing in some ways. It's also sad in others, uh, especially when we're talking cavalry commanders. When you've only got one, it's understandable. Mm-hmm. You're talking infantry commanders and you're only picking one. That's a different case. That's, you know, only having one to choose from is different. Whereas actively only really picking one is probably not not great. Um, all right, then. I, I also think... Have, have you seen the, the box for the new Baratheon hero boxes? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have seen uh, what looks like a Stannis on a horse. So yeah. I think my idea, and many this is many people's idea, that everybody at a cavalry commander. Mm-hmm. Just one. Exception of... Exception of Free Folk and Greyjoy, everybody else will get one. And our doubt, our question was, what about news rods? Are we getting a cavalry commander mm-hmm. with news rods? Because that would open a, a new not world. A faction, Danny, not a faction, so don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> obviously when I, when I think about news rods, I think using them in other factions. So. Yeah, I mean, a a, if a a neutral cavalry commander would be incredibly impactful on the game, especially if he's strong, right? Uh, that would be that would double the cavalry commanders in every other faction. Effectively, you know, it would it would give Targaryens another another option. It would give every other faction an option. Those who do already have one uh, would gain their first. It would be very interesting. It would uh, open the game up. Um, I think that there's something to be said for um, once upon a time we had NCU commanders. Um, I don't I don't mourn their loss, but one of the interesting things that an NCU commander allowed was it allowed a full cavalry army without having a cavalry commander. It allowed you to field 100% cavalry units and have your commander not attached to any of them. But as long as um, most factions must have at least one infantry attachment in their commander. They therefore must have an infantry unit, and it does, uh, you know, it does have a slightly limiting effect on some of even the more thematic. Never mind competitive, it has a limiting effect on some of the more thematic lists that you can field because of that. Um, not that I ever say that my double flayed men, double knights of Castle Rock list was thematic. Uh, it was. Um, it was just pure to the face brutality, but you know, it was uh, it was enjoyable for me to play. <laughs> and nobody else. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, talking of cavalry, um, just so I don't know if people have seen these yet. Uh, we had these delivered in the UK, imported, um, but we saw some people have uh, bear riders uh, last weekend at War on the Wall. But in case people haven't seen them. Um, there's the models for the bear riders. They're quite nice. Uh, I know that these have been seen before, and we know Carlos take on unboxing videos. Um, so uh, yeah, there's some models of the bear riders, uh, which uh, yeah, they look pretty cool. I can't wait to paint those up. 2024. I mean, there, there is. Uh, Go on, Danny. Are we getting a, a commander on a horse? On a bear, on a, on, a, on a giant bear, on a white bear. We call him Varamir. There we go, done. Rumour has been spread. Do you, do, you, do you think Varamir will be a commander? I haven't got a fucking clue, Carlo. 
Uh, he might be. He might be because he. he do, looks... do we have? We, do, we don't have a content list for his box, right? No, no, no. We no. we, we so can we, guess we... he's gonna come with him on his bear because the art is him on his bear, his shadow cat, his eagle, and the three wolves. How they will make that into one base, multiple bases, whatever, we will see in due course. I'm I'm sure. But um, but yeah, he may be a commander. I can hope. I really hope that he's not. Ah, uh, maybe he will be. He's not a commander box, and we saw Mother of Dragons as the only kind of, like, commander box that wasn't called a hero's box, right? Every other hero's box had a commander in it, except if you're <laughs> Targaryen Heroes 2, which is the saddest hero box you can possibly imagine, because it doesn't have any commanders in it. <laughs> um, which I still don't understand why they did that but oh well um right anyway i have some other images i'm going to show you and these are incredibly special this will be the last segment for today before we round up uh these just, are just, just quickly because people are talking about it in the chat before yeah, we leave tournaments it is worth mentioning that long time uk uk tournament scene psycho state did take a 12-man tournament win with neutral very impressive Showing that he's not just uh, a Tully wanker, as uh, as the just play guys like to call him, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and and yeah, impressive. I mean, speaking of which, Tom Tyler has made it to the final of the TTS Invitational with neutrals. I think mm-hmm. we possibly knew about that during. I, I forget whether last or not week, we knew yeah. last week. It was it was going on during last week. He is in the finals, which is against Mickey. Uh, I did draw the mode. I didn't actually tell you guys, by the way. Uh, the game, the game mode is up. Uh, hopefully, Mickey and Tom will uh, will stream that one, and uh, and we'll have ourselves a TTS finalist. But that be tomorrow. By the way. Tom can get the time off. Tom will already qualify, whether he wins or not, uh, for the LGT Invitational, as Mickey already has since signing up for this event qualified. Um, so this the place will hand down to second place. Um, hopefully Tom uh, can get the time off mm-hmm. uh, and confirm his spot soon. Not yep. putting too much pressure on him. <laughs> so we'll be playing Dance of Dragons tomorrow. Uh, Neutral <laughs> versus Free Folk. Mm. Um, right. Yes. So we will go through future events in a second, but this next piece, uh, I've actually been, been sitting on this for a little while. I got sent pictures of the, the work in process by, uh, and I'm going to just give him his name now, uh, Lucas Aurelius. Now, for those of you who are aware of Lucas Aurelius, you've probably heard me talk about him before and show me some of his work on here before. He is a very good painter. And Carlo hasn't rated anything zero today yet. So, we've got a I real special avoid, treat. I managed to avoid the armies. The armies know, never right? got a rating. There's going to be a very special one here for you, Carlo. Look at those lovely Stark Outriders. With uh, with Mr. Tully himself at the head. Now, you're not allowed to give this rating just yet, Carlo. There is a, a special treat in store for you as we continue through these pictures. This is uh, his almost fully customized unit of Stark Outriders at this point. Very little uh, of the base models I remain. Be, I, I'll just say I'm, uh, I'm, I'm super impressed by the very realistic and very individualized Color paint, um, horse patterning. Mm-hmm. The horse patterning is very good. Uh, the 
Palomino, is it? Where, where you get that brown and white, mm-hmm. uh, plus that gray pebble dash. And I've actually seen Brynden has uh, as a horse. I don't even know if that's like a real coloring where he's big bits of white, big bits of gray, but the white is also gray pebble dash. Ah, oh, beautiful stuff. So uh, you mean this boy, this boy right here? Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I wonder whether or not that's a real horse coloring. I, like I, I can guess it probably is. I'm, I'm sure mm-hmm. you get you get all sorts of uh, all sorts of good stuff. Oh, or is it actually just blood? Have I, have I mistaken? No, no. So there is black. He's got the black pebble dash on him as well. Okay. But then there is also blood. And I just want to point out this knee. Let's zoom right in on this knee. I, when I looked at this, I was like, "That's pretty good." And then I looked again and was like, "That actually is incredibly good blood splattering." Like you can actually believe that that's semi-real, um, and and Brendan Brendan with a lovely little um, knights of the um, not knights uh, a white lion act white lion yeah yeah white lion act so. version uh, love lo- love a bit of warmer fantasy in my uh, in my song of ice and fire conversions. So uh, so this is Brendan here uh, again, lovely trampling on the Lannister banner. Oh God. This is like my favorite thing in the world. And I did not do this. Lucas Aurelius did this and sent me this picture. <laughs> he actually said, does that Lannister model look a little bit like Carlo? And Doug says it in chat, is that Carlo being beheaded? It actually is Carlo being beheaded. He tried to paint him up uh, to look like he's Carlo. Even, he's even got my, my tooth gap. <laughs> exactly it's great it's absolutely fantastic um so carlo what are you going to give this lovely model and the unit of outriders of course there are 10 there are 10 (laughs) lovely freehand on the back of tully's cape as well uh really subtle painting yeah (laughs) i mean yeah the Lannister, the Lannister beheading almost did it for me, but you know, it's uh, it's still a zero, still a zero again. <laughs> uh, Dan in chat says it's a ten, um, which uh, I think that deserves a ten from me as well. Not like I, my rating means nothing here anyway, but uh, but any time where Carla gets beheaded on a in a nice miniature, God, you gotta love it. <laughs> um, well, no, but thank you very much, uh, Lucas Aurelius. Uh, wow. Weasel giving him a 0.5 out of 10. High praise from Weasel. Um, <laughs> uh, so that will uh, that will end our content for today, at least. Uh, let's have a little look at the tournaments running this weekend because I'm going to guess, Carlo. Can I just, can I just yeah? super quickly, super quickly. I just want to mention how little newsworthy Mickey has decided it is that start starters and oh, Golden yeah. Company crossbowmen were released in the UK this week, and he literally couldn't even be bothered to mention it. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, like, yeah, I should probably say that. There's your news. They're they're in the wild in the UK. Like, you know, you know how you know how little newsworthy I thought this was, and this is this is actually pretty damning. Um, we actually heard from the official, the, the not official people. But the uh, Song of Ice and Fire Miniatures Facebook page put out a post this week, and they've advertised a new thing, right? They advertised a new release come out. You're going to be blown away by the new releases. It's um, it's this short video that they've put together for uh, the uh, this all the Battlefront calls for aid. 
Oh, look, it's the images. Oops, let's get rid of that. It's the images for the hero boxes. Slightly animated. Love it. So, uh, buy your hero box three because they're released now. Have they have they just been released in the US or Yes. Yeah, that, that is that is then now released in the US. Yes. Okay. And uh what I actually thought was quite interesting is uh someone said, Nice video, it's a pity you publish such info for only US Premier though. In Europe we've had them since the end of March. To which their response was, English releases used to be global, but due to ongoing issues in global shipping in the past few years, locations get their sets at different times. We needed to choose a date to make announcements, so we choose to announce units when they reach the Asmodee store. He forgot the Asmodee US store, because they've been on the Asmodee UK store for some time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've given up trying to point out what Simon say anymore because every time they uh they release anything it seems to just dig a hole um anyway yeah they've been leaked everywhere else says Dan they've not actually been uh, uh been released everywhere else they've just been leaked um <laughs> but yeah the uh the hero boxes obviously been out in the US which is great um the overall I mean, they were they were used in the sunday slaughter tournament right yeah, um, yeah they were yeah, yeah they were a, a nationals event yeah. which yeah you know technically they'd released the day before um so i guess they were legal i guess or i don't know um yeah stark starters yeah, uh, yeah i'm with I'm, I'm i'm with you nathan which is yeah. if they they put out one of these like a month before a box came out or something like that. Then I would be I would be pretty hyped for that video. But but, but a video of uh, some models which were already released, uh, unfortunately, uh, too little, too late. But I mean, I guess I guess maybe it's for the for the people much less involved. For some people, they won't know that they're out. They won't know that they're coming. You know, you have to understand that. The super involved community isn't always their target audience, um, but you know, you ju we just wish it was. We wish it was. <laughs> we really do. Yeah, and that's something. When we think about it, if we think about it, uh, Simon uh, didn't do this kind of stuff for a long time. I mean, they they haven't done it for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. The game is pretty new, and also, you know, they are pretty good with board games. Like they are famous mm -hmm. for. Beside and Broad Rage and many other games like that, but distribution is very different when you when you work in these different kind of um, things. Continuous yeah, release they, cycle, as opposed to like a, a one and done kind of game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's pretty different. And I used to work in in logistics a couple of years ago, and I know that it's completely different to, to manage different kind of stuff and so yeah. <laughs> we gotta be patient and sorry guys being said so i gotta say farewell to you because i gotta go and i will yes. keep on watching you maybe on on my on my smartphone okay so it's <laughs> been a pleasure for me and we will chat again congratulations soon, okay? again on your win danny uh I, I really, like I say, I really, really hope that you and we and the community find out more information about the, uh, the hopefully upcoming uh, World Championship. And, uh, I, and, I, and I personally hope, 
I'll see you at the LGT and uh, and and then hopefully I'll see you at the World Championships too one day. Hey, I'm, I'm gonna be in uh, yeah, at, the, at the at the LGT for sure. I already booked the plane and also the the lodge, everything. So we will for sure meet uh, at in London in September. Okay. I uh, I really hope I get to play you, Danny, in the Invitational on the Friday. Uh, got uh, got to try and get myself a a reason for you to have a shave on Friday night. So. <laughs> well, maybe we'll be the opposite, you know. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bud. Take it easy. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. So, uh, Carlo, yeah, I said Carlo was about to say uh, Carlo might randomly disappear for a second, but I'll bring him back. Don't worry. He's here. He's not gone. Because obviously, you know, technology geniuses over here. Uh, it's Discord streaming, man. It's when people turn cameras off, their pace in the thing changes, and I haven't got it set up to automatically do it because I don't, can't be bothered and or can't do it because I'm an idiot. Right. Anyway. New intro uh, when? New intro when? Did you not see the new intro today? I did. I did. Ah, uh, see anyone who didn't know there was a new intro? There is a new intro. I kind of cheated. It's not fully new. Um. Uh, so anyone who's like, oh my god, you lied to us, it's not really a new intro. Uh, it is a new intro, but it's not a finished new intro. Um, I ended up going for a five-hour walk yesterday before rearranging rooms. Uh, and I was not in a mood to finish it, unfortunately. Um, anyway, future tournaments. Where would we be without us going through a list of... Carlo, without looking, how many future tournaments do you think they're going to be in the next week? Seven. Seven, right, okay. Seven seems a pretty good bet. It seems it's nearly always seven. So what have we got? We've got... Uh, how many on Thursday? Oh, interesting. I'm going to go with two in Poland. <laughs> All right, <laughs> calm down. Uh, you're probably right, actually. Um, happening on Thursday this week, interesting day to do it, is uh, uh, an event happening in Montpellier, France. Great, love it. Um <laughs> I love how it's called Tournier Paints and Games, as in I'm assuming that they're painting as well as playing games. If they are, brilliant. If you're watching, send us photos of what you've painted. That would be awesome. Um, there's an event happening on the... It'll be the Saturday and Sunday in uh, New Zealand, in Auckland. Uh, fantastic. We haven't seen a New Zealand event come up in a while. So it's really wow. good to see uh, an event happening in New Zealand. Um, hadn't even noticed the little dot. Yeah. But there we go. Now we're going to look for it. I see it. Yeah. Uh, we've got the Battle of Harrenhal, uh, an event happening in Russia. Um, I've been talking a little bit with the Russian community and they're saying they're still playing games. They're still looking to try and get things done. And they are trying to hopefully run a national event in Russia as well, um, which is fantastic to hear, of course, uh, with everything still going on uh, in that area of the world. Um, the next one up, we've got the Great Tourney of the Hand, uh, a event happening in Germany in Vine? Austria? No, is it Austria? Austria. Uh, Vine is the Austri Austrian for Vienna, I believe. Um, if I'm not talking out my arsehole. I mean, I do talk out my arsehole a lot, right? Just for everybody, this is this is Dan. Yeah. This is Dan's favorite part of the show. While Mickey, while Mickey scrapes around to pronounce things wrong, and mm -hmm. uh, and so we can't possibly get rid of it. Yeah, exactly. It is his, his favorite part. Uh, so this is. Uh, on that street there, which I'm not even going to try and pronounce, in uh, in Vienna, uh, Austria. 
Um, so that brings us what to one, two, three, four, five. We come to our first Polish event. We're only on one so far. Uh, this happening in Warsaw in Poland, a dream of spring. Um, fantastic. Uh, we've got one happening in Madrid in Spain. Uh, Kingdom War Games, um, which I think they've run events there before. Uh, I believe about... Kingdom Kingdom are the, one one of the major drivers of the Clash of Clash of Regions, their mm -hmm. big national event, which brought together loads of stores. They definitely participated in that, and I think that they were the instigators of that. So that's great to see them running another event. Mm -hmm. Uh, Doug was saying that they had the first uh, local event in Aberdeen uh, last week, uh, on well, yesterday, in fact, and he got six players with six different factions, which is great to hear. Uh, yeah, from and, and I just I actually just noticed it before, and I was having a look at it. Doug, Doug also took a win with neutrals. <laughs> well done, Doug. <laughs> uh, it's good to see little communities sp uh, springing up, isn't it? Um, the next event we've got happening on the Saturday Sunday is the Imogen Barracks Tabletop Gaming Club ELO event, which is also the charity event run by Scabman. Um, yeah. He did ask me to give you some last updates for this. Uh, he sent me some information. So the charity event is happening on the Saturday. Um, you know, it's technically this 24-hour event that he's been planning for a long time. They kind of got delayed, got shifted around, it got moved because uh, of illnesses and COVID. Uh, it's finally happening this weekend and uh, it's got eight players playing an ELO event and um, 310 pounds has been raised so far uh, which is fantastic um, there is stuff up for grabs uh, including a ticket for the London Grand Tournament um, which is great and also apparently Tim Whitney has been painting some models as a potential prize wow. if you like uh, some well painted models enter the raffle that they're doing um, so yeah, that's Imjin Barracks happening this weekend. I really hope it goes really well for Scabman, and I really hope he raises a little bit more money for charity as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. There, are, there. Are, I believe there are three charities available. Uh, two, two veteran charities, and there are also he added, uh, I believe, uh, a Ukrainian appeal charity mm -hmm. uh, more recently. Um, so you get to choose which which one of those three that you want to want to make your donation out to. So if any of those really strike a chord with you, if you want to give support for what he's trying to do there um, is be, I'm sure it'd be really, really appreciated. And, you know, whether or not you're looking to uh, kind of take something away from that raffle or not, there's been a lot of support and, uh, and, and it's really, really good that he's running this event to kind of uh, use song in a positive mind mindset and positive way, because I know that uh, it, it, it's a large part of his life and, uh, and, 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 and his kind of, uh, and, and, and the way he the way he interacts with the community is uh, very positive for him. So it's really good for him to be able to give something back to the community in that kind of way. And really, really, mm -hmm. really interesting and uh, interesting take on what is, you know, something that we normally just discuss in terms of terms of competitiveness and uh, and, and tournaments winnings and uh, players and, uh, and, 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 and what the game can do for you. But what can the what can the, the game kind of do for the wider community is. Uh, a really interesting way to look at it. Definitely. Uh, the uh, factions have been locked, and you'll notice. <laughs> that's a big Greyjoy entry. There's uh, three of three of the eight players playing Greyjoys, so uh, that's awesome. Two Baratheon. Uh, there's one Night's Watch. I'm going to throw that out there. That's one Night's Watch with two John Commanders. Do you think that's? Oh, certain... I would. I would. I would bet a lot of money on that being Scadman himself. Oh, look! Oh, look! 
is him with double jump. <laughs> it always is. He always he loves his double jump, doesn't he? Um, but yeah, no, fantastic. Um, fantastic to see players going along, and uh, you know, it's it's great to have a scene as well. Uh, and charity events, as Carlos said, always fantastic to see. Um, back to it then. We've got also uh, happening in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, summer is coming. Um, that's happening on the Saturday, Sunday, uh, or probably Saturday through to Sunday. We've got the North Cal Regional Primer. This will be in Sacramento in California. It's also happening mm. this weekend. And that's only got us through to Saturday starts. We're, go- <laughs> we're still going. We have okay. got a hap- uh, one happening in Goblin Trader uh, in Mallorca. It's happening in uh, Palma in uh, technically Spain. Um, we've got another Russian event. I know nothing about this, and if I open this up, I'm guessing it's all in Russian. It is, but I know that they're playing Game of Thrones, Dark Wings, Dark Words, and here we stand. Um, I know nothing else about that event. Yeah, let, let, <laughs> try not. Let, let me leave, leave it, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it's good to see. It's good to see another event on there. Um, and we also have. This is the last event. We we will talk about it next week, but the next event of the en route to the Citadel, uh, the third event for that series in France is kicking off on TTS as of next Monday. Um, This is the big en route to the Citadel event series that has been run in France as kind of like a series of a mixture of solo and team events in a hope of creating a big community and having this big kind of like eventual showdown if you will between some of the best players of the game in france um mixture of tts yeah, and IRL uh, stuff so it's it's uh, like a even more um ambitious version of the spanish uh spanish clash of regions you know it's now spanning uh, many many tournaments running on different time scales TTS tournaments as well as in-person tournaments. Uh, there does seem to be. I'm not hugely close to the to to, to their community and what goes on, but there, there seems to be some divide in their community, similar to there was in like the global community for a while, a period of time that the, that there are differing opinions on whether or not TTS is like kind of a real representation of the game for them, whether or not the best TTS players are are actually the best in-person players. And uh, and and I think that they're really trying to come to uh, come to a big showdown to to prove one way or the other with that. So uh, it'd be really interesting to see what kind of comes from that. But uh, yeah, they're um, en route to the Citadels have been uh, very well attended in the past, very competitive events, uh, and the French scene have always come up with very very interesting lists, very very outside of what other kind of uh, other players are fielding, very different results to what we've seen elsewhere. So always interesting. Definitely. So that brings us a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven events happening over this week. Uh, ten if you only count the weekend because of that French tournament happening on Thursday, um, and only one Polish event. Surprisingly, yeah, I was I was wrong. I was wrong on every front. <laughs> Um, the, poll, I mean, the polls have let me. The polls have let me down, but everybody else has uh, has made me wildly underestimate. Uh, it's really good to see the game uh, growing, flourishing. 
being strong all over the place. Uh, interesting to see, you know, another another strong, uh, well-known community in Hammerhead Games running their regional qualifier next week. I had, uh, you know, I've been in contact, more more close contact with uh, Gamers Haven and, uh, and the Sunday Slaughter guys. So, you know, that's been very much on my mind, very much looking forward towards the, uh, to that event. Uh, I haven't actually played a huge amount of attention myself to the regionals coming after it, you know, but I'm sure there are plenty more. I know that Mythicos will be running a second one. Uh, they've run one out of one of their stores, but they actually have two different stores. Um, and I'm sure there are many more communities running them too. Um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting to really see what comes out of those. Definitely. Um, also, you know, it's going to sound really weird, this next sentence. It's nice to see that... Uh... In some ways, you know, your prediction of wrong being that there weren't two of Poland's uh, two Polish events, because it means that actually we're seeing more communities on stats. You know, as much as I love to see Polish events, um, it's you know, we've got an event happening in New Zealand, man. You know, like what? There's not a, it's a long time since we've seen a New Zealand event, if uh, if ever. So um, the fact that we're seeing smaller communities come out uh, and start playing and start using the the tools and yeah. It's fantastic to see these communities rise, and you know it doesn't take a huge amount of work to make these communities into into you know thriving hubs for the game, like we've seen with the House of Orcs, for example, and things like that in Italy, like Jasper's in here representing today. Um, so yeah, fantastic, fantastic, fantastic stuff to see. Um, any last words, Carlo? Um. That we haven't actually mentioned in quite a while that there have been uh, there have been a whole range of new Patreons joining uh, oh, yeah. joining the Patreon community. Um, I've been I've been very busy and distracted with various tournaments and stuff like that, so I haven't even been as active um, on the Discord side of things um, as which is where most of the Patreon interaction goes on. But not all Patreons actually use Discord or use it regularly. Uh, some of them are just YouTube watchers. Some of them are just users of the site. So to all the ones that are mostly YouTube watchers, I hope uh, hope you're still enjoying the content. Thank you for signing up. Um, brilliant to have you with us. Um, absolutely join the Discord and uh, kind of get involved in the conversations that go on there, the trolling, the memeing. Uh, Leak Teddy would have you know that uh, the reason you pay for your Patreon is so that I can insult you. Um, but <laughs> only only those only those who want to be insulted get insulted. I promise. <laughs> but anyway, it's really really good that uh, the 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 site and the community continue to grow in every aspect: its user base, the tournament usage, but also the Patreons who help support the site and support kind of new features that come along. It's 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 mostly them who uh, cajole me into making things that they want done. It, they're they're the reason why, as I say, um, the the flicker, the annoying flicker on your game submissions uh, has hopefully gone away for you. They'll be they'll be the reason why your pages get improved because uh, when they come asking for features, that's when uh, that's when I really listen. And uh, hopefully, you know, after the US, I'll have a lot more time to work on the site again. I am quite busy, but I uh, I appreciate all the support and. Patreon only event contest, yeah. You know, Carl, we did run one in the past, and yeah, it's something that I really should look at. Yeah, it has been uh, well received in the past, so yeah, yeah, I think uh, probably we'll have a Patreon only tournament uh, coming up sometime soon. ELO, right? Just to mix it up because we haven't done the ELO, yeah, it can, be. It, it can be. I, I think that ELO, I, interestingly, um, you know, we, we, we started to see a few ELO events popping up here and there. 
I believe that you don't have to, ELO's popularity and its discussion um, has, has, has waned as a response to people believing that the game is far more balanced. And I think that that is a positive thing. You know, I, I'm not going to tell you that um, I'm not going to tell you that you should be playing ELO format and every one of your events that it's better. Uh, I, I do think that it has um, its limitations and it has its benefits. Um, I do think that it will create a new and interesting tournament for you. But it was built in response to people becoming very tired. Um, and frustrated with with the imbalance, right? It looks to address that in a very direct way. It's interesting to note that this is an effect that is happening at all times on your personal ELO ranking. So if when you enter a tournament, you're suddenly thinking, if I want to do the best I can, I'm going to enter the, I'm going to use the lowest rated thing in the game. If you are trying to raise your personal ranking, that is also what you should be doing, if that's what you believe your best chances of raising your ranking are. But, uh, you know, we're not going to go on for a wild tangent. I do still believe that ELO tournaments create a very interesting format. I do believe that it at least um, starts to mix things up. You start to see a lot less of double Drogo, double Mance. The, as, as, as much as we can discuss that we think that these things are very closely balanced against each other, there are still high tier and low tier commanders within each faction there are still there are still underperforming commanders there are still things very rarely seen on the competitive scene um very rarely utilized in tournaments almost never winning we're just very very glad that nearly all factions have something that is winning right now but that's not necessarily to say that every commander has a really fair viable chance to win so i do think that elo even in today's much much more balanced environment ELO still has a place for me, um, and actually it has a much more interesting place, which is that it's not going to cause wild, huge multipliers anymore. What it's going to do is it's going to act much more as a tiebreaker, which is you both won all your games, but one person did it with a slightly harder commander. So just how low you go in the rankings is much more of a choice. The idea of ELO isn't supposed to be these commanders are banned these commanders are going to win. You must field low-rated commanders. It's supposed to say all commanders are now, uh, you know, that they're, they're all multiplied, they're all uh, handicapped by their current performance, their recent performance, by their general strength. And so, uh, you know, yeah, I, I still think it has a place. I'm still, I'm still glad that I uh, created the format, and I still, uh, I'm very interested whenever I see it in use. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, I guess we'll uh, we'll have to run an event soon then. And yeah, ELO. ELO's great. I like ELO. So, um, time to call it a day, I think. Uh, it's been another Monday. We've gone just over the two-hour mark. We're getting good at holding it. Trying to hold it to two hours now, I think. Yeah, yeah. We, we, I got Mickey to promise it was only going to be an hour and a half today. So. I, lo I like how that I'm the one who talks so much during these uh, tourney grounds that I have to limit the time. So, uh, <laughs> all right, guys, thank you very much for joining us yet again. We'll be back next week. Um, I don't know we've got anything planned for next week. I don't know. I might have something planned for next week. We'll you know, see. some wild news might come up. Yeah, hopefully. I haven't had any, we haven't had any wild news, have we? We haven't done a reveal in too long, Carlo. We haven't done something crazy like going through a new box and gone, oh, look at all the shiny stuff. Um, you know, 
anyway <laughs> i really hope anyone playing games this week uh, has a good week i really hope uh, everyone enjoys their week completely and uh we'll see you again next week good luck ready aim release <laughs>